Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the take forever to boot and that's just about going through all my memory on that stupid hard drive I oh, just no. keep getting notices <laughs> come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the second half of Ghost Chronicles two-hour extravaganza. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with my lovely co-host, the blind bombshell herself, and Carrigan. Hey, everybody. Oh, we are absolutely an extravaganza. That's yeah, an awesome word. Something, something like that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this is your final show for a couple of weeks, uh, taking yeah. a... A little vacation, are you? Taking a little vacation. So our son, Patrick, is getting married uh, mm-hmm. next Saturday, the 15th, in Wilmington, really? North Carolina. Yeah. You know I was married on the 13th. Ah, lucky 13, huh? Hmm. I did not know that. I picked huh? it. Oh, yes. Well, yep. He's getting married on the 15th, and mm-hmm. so we're taken off to go to his destination wedding i said this is a destination wedding for everybody but you you know (laughs) (laughs) everybody has to go to them so which is fine whatever it's lovely there and we're gonna have a nice vacation at the beach and my baby boy get married i can't believe it can't believe i'm that last one Yep, the baby right. baby got married first, Alexis, last September, mm-hmm. and now Patrick. So, new chapters beginning. Looking forward to it. Yeah, we've only really gone for two weeks. We're making the most of it. <laughs> I don't blame you. I would too. And yeah. uh, anyway, so this uh, past Friday, uh, you and I and Leslie went to uh, Saint Louis. Yes, and, we did. And we got to go to the Spirit. Uh, board museum and met with John Kuzik and uh, you are doing we are doing a video uh, show uh, within the next couple of weeks uh, which will be airing the audio on uh, on this night on Wednesdays within the next weeks we'll, we'll know the exact date pretty soon let you all so, know yeah yeah so we're we're excited about that and and what'd you think of that place oh it was it was amazing it was amazing. I mean, I'm I'm editing the show now, and I 
This is the first opportunity I've had to sit and work on it. Here we are on Wednesday, and uh, I want to get it. I I will get it done before I leave. But uh, the the Wishboard Museum is just such a cool place. I mean, Salem's cool to begin with, but now yeah, this place with all these amazing Ouija boards, and John uh, is just so passionate about his subject. You know, when you talk oh, to is. someone. And it just shines through just how much they love it. And I, I think that'll show up in the show, too. Oh, but, absolutely. Yeah. He's just a wealth of information. And just the the, the museum is amazing. If you ever get to Salem, just stop in. And yeah. they're open seven days a week. Seven yes, days a week. Yeah. And there's, oh. there's tons of Ouija boards there. Lots oh. of stories behind them. He's got haunted Ouija boards. He's got sex Ouija boards. <laughs> <laughs> That was so funny. I'm like, um, excuse me, what? What? Uh, there's a Ouija board for that? And it, yeah, and he sells he sells them too. Not the real old, old ones, but, you know, reproductions. Um, he's got a bunch of t-shirts. I wish I'd gotten a t-shirt, but by the time we had left. I thought you bought one. Huh? Oh, uh, Leslie did. Oh, Leslie got one, yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to get one. I had not one stitch of cash on me and the front of the shop was already closed. So I got to get, uh, I can rustle up a t-shirt from him. So I yeah, did. We'll be, we'll be back again anyway. Oh, I, I, hope. I, I yeah. did reach out to him about the Ouija board items that I had, the mm-hmm. tray and the planchette mm-hmm. that I have. And he said that planchette, the box it's in, he said, it's in incredible shape for its age because it's probably from the 40s. Mm-hmm. And it's actually, it, it looked really, he said it's in really good condition. So Excellent. I was I was happy about that. So yeah, I said, it was. Goodbye. Huh? A goodbye. A goodbye, yeah. <laughs> which, goes, which goes to show you that you can still get some good deals out there. You can. You can. Oh, and I got all excited because... I got back to work. I was talking to, to uh, my coworker, Russ, and his mom works in a thrift shop in Florida. And mm-hmm. they get all kinds of, it's a huge thrift shop. It's like uh, associated with a hospital, I think. And I was telling him about the Ouija board show. And he said, oh, my God, I saw a wooden Ouija board at my mom's thrift shop last week. Oh, wow. I said, oh. Are you kidding me right now? He's like, no. I'm like, can you message her and see if it's still there? <laughs> and he did, but it was already gone. I was so bummed out. I said, tell her I'll pay to ship it up here. I don't care. <laughs> so, but unfortunately, I, I, I lost out. Yeah, uh, I, I went and I started looking and uh, I managed to pick up one. So, not a wooden one. This is a different one that I've never seen before. So I'm happy with that. Oh, it's an Italian, Italian board. So Italian. Uh, That's yeah, neat. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, it's something. <laughs> I, you get the bug. It's so funny. You go into those those Ouija board places and you get the bug. You do. You really do. I I was so excited. There was so just so many to look at, and I really couldn't. 
I really didn't have the time. I wanted to like sit there and like look at each one and kind of savor it. But I was filming and we were taping and we're just running around. And he has so much stories and, and yes. there, there's more. We're, we're, we're definitely going to go back there and, and uh, uh, talk to him some more about because he, he has some extremely interesting stories. Uh, uh, I would love to. I would really love to. Yeah, we so all definitely. I'm working on the show. I'm editing it. It's going to be a really good show. So make sure you all watch it now. <laughs> make the editor happy. That's me. Uh-huh. The videographer. Whatever. And the so, host. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, the uh, uh, we do ha- we did have a supposedly had a guest uh, Don De Cristofaro uh, of uh, uh, Greater Boston Paranormal Association, and uh, for some reason we we can't get a hold of him. So I hope uh, everything's okay with him. Mm. But uh, if we can, we'll get him on as soon as possible on on this thing. But uh, anyway. So uh, before uh, we, a couple of weeks ago, we did a show and we, we never got to go through all the stuff we had, right? We had oh, some... that's right. You still had some more stories. No, no, not the Ouija board one, the other one. Uh, you said you had a ton of stuff that we didn't even get to finish. Remember the ones, the weird ones on, uh, uh, what was it? I did funeral power stuff and, and you did, mm. did you do? Oh yeah, first responders. Yes, right, first responders. I have them right here. Uh huh. I so, never throw anything away. So why do, while we're waiting <laughs> to get a hold of him, maybe you could uh, read us a couple of those. All right. Well, let me let me see because I'm I you know I'm pretty organized here. I clipped the ones together. No, I, I have faith in you. I had faith in you. Actually, <laughs> I brought that right up. Huh? I and I did. I put them. I I have a cart of stuff right next to my computer just mm-hmm. for such an occasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Did, I know in the, in, the, in the past hour, we just uh, talked about nude ghosts. So uh, nude if, ghosts. If you missed that, then you could go on to oh, the, the podcast and listen to uh, that. Yeah. We talked about ducks, headless duck ghosts, nude ghosts, uh, Japanese mm-hmm. ghosts, all kinds of ghosts. Okay. So, mm-hmm. All right. Interesting things. Anyways, carry on. I have one right here. So, yes, we were doing that particular night. I was talking about ghost stories from first responders. So these were all things that I have just gathered off the Internet. So this is about a man who called 911 about his wife's dolls that came to life. So uh, this was from Arizona. And this dispatcher said, I'm a 911 dispatcher. I'll always remember Mr. Blue, we'll call him that. The nicest old man living kind of out in the middle of the desert. He was tagged in our system as having dementia. We used to take calls from him nearly every night about how his wife's dolls would come to life and torment him. Or how his wife was kidnapped by them. And I she had passed away. So the wife was no longer with him. So it seemed that every time he would call was right around my shift. And it just so happened that I was the one to take his calls most of the time. It was a little creepy being on the phone with him at times. He would randomly shush me and you could actually hear footsteps. Or he would explain that there was somebody living in his couch and that he could hear them laughing. 
my God. He was the nicest old man and you never want to deny them. So I'd stay on 911 with him and talk to him about his life until the deputies arrived. Unfortunately, Mr. Blue doesn't call in anymore and I have no idea what happened. Oh. So, I know. I don't know if that, so was that paranormal? Was that dementia? Uh, we'll never know. We'll never know. Imagine if really things were, the dolls were tormenting him at night. I don't know. Hmm. Very odd. So, you want more? Sounds like Clay. (laughs) Yeah, Clay and his dolls. Yes, yes. And it's interesting because at the Red Light Sands, Jan brought in a uh, American Beauty doll or something, a haunted one that uh, she gave to me. Uh, We had a a spirit of a supposedly a, a girl named Alice that came through a couple of weeks, couple last month, I think it was. And uh, so we, she wanted to kind of use that as a trigger object. Ah. And she ended up leaving it with me. So I have another lovely <laughs> artifact. Haunted dog. Haunted dog. <laughs> oh my God. So I have one that is uh, about a voodoo. Incident. Want to hear that one? Okay. So, this person wrote, My father was a Boston cop, and he told me about a memorable call back in the early 90s. He got a domestic call, cops hate those, where when he showed up, the man who called was waiting outside, covered in blankets and shivering to death on a hot day in the middle of August. Oh, that's bizarre. Apparently, he angered his woman. You never want to do that. Not a good thing to do. No, no, no. You know, anger your woman. And she responded by making a voodoo doll and chained and padlocked it in the freezer. The man wanted the cops to break the fridge open, but they weren't going to destroy property over this. So they sent him to the hospital. My father said this guy's teeth were chattering and his lips were turning blue when it was sunny and 80 degrees out. The end. Oh. <laughs> oh, the power of voodoo. Mm. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, that's voodoo's, a, voodoo's an interesting thing. We, we actually should have somebody, get somebody on the show to talk a little bit about that. Mm. But, uh, you know... Uh, a couple of years ago, we, uh, Leslie, uh, Clay, myself, and Jim uh, did an investigation of the smokehouse in Lowell uh, uh, with uh, some magazine. I forget what it was. But anyways, uh, I happened to run into uh, a woman yesterday who was, uh, her father owned Polish restaurant, which was what smokehouse was formerly. And she mm-hmm. told me a, a really interesting story. She said that uh, uh, they owned the restaurant, and one day they were in the kitchen. All of a sudden, they heard a uh, noise, and they came out into the dining room, and all the customers were flat on their back. What? Uh, white as the ghost, yes. What had happened is something came through the wall, pushed them all out of their chairs, pushed their oh chairs all God. over, and what? went all the way out through the other wall. Oh my God, that was crazy. totally unsolicited story. That that thing, I said, "Oh man, it should have called me then." 
but yeah, actually, actually knocked all the customers over, and uh, in their chairs, their chairs and all, just flipped them over. That's crazy. Interesting. Yeah, it was a cool place, actually. Very cool. An old mill in in Lowell. Oh, well, there's plenty of those in there. Yeah, yeah, very, very. But uh, yeah, that's that was a a good one. Good. So, like I said in the last. Uh, the last uh, show we uh, talked about the uh, international show that was just on prior to this. We talked about uh, nude ghosts. So, uh, well, I talked about nude ghosts. So, anyways, I thought, well, let's let's uh, let's. What about brothels? Brothels must be haunted, right? Um, I don't know. I... So. I've got yeah, a list I, here. I have no experience with brothels, so oh, I suppose the, it could be. Uh, yeah, well, I, I remember investigating uh, Molly Malone's in uh, Portsmouth, and, and they used to have, uh, that was a brothel, and we did an investigation there. And that night I took out my $3 and used it as a trigger object because it was $3 Dewey's. So that's what it was. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't get any... Uh, woman to appear but <laughs> one of the persons there actually had a what he describes as a woman sitting in his lap and if you look oh. at the pictures that people were taking you see this hazy thing in front of him it's it was kind of interesting hmm. but anyway all right so these are some of the brothels that are haunted the dumas brothel in butte 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 montana butte not yep. a butt. For mm-hmm. 92 years, uh, the woman of the Dumas brothel in Boot, Boot, I can't even say it, Montana, served the community, community's hardworking miners and helped businesses. <laughs> what? And helped the business become America's longest running house of prostitution. Oh, my goodness. There's a distinction. Yeah, this, this one you want on your door, right? <laughs> Though the, the brothel closed its doors in eight, 1982, the property owners, uh, current property owners, believe at least a few of the working women remain. Airy events at the old brothel include falling mirrors, uh, touches from unseen hands, whoo, shaking beds and shaking beds. Uh, the Haunted Collective team investigated the Dumas uh, for an episode of their show. Of course they did. And uh, <laughs> reportedly contacted the spirit of a madam named Sarah. Yeah. Sarah. Wouldn't go. they have shaking beds in a brothel anyways? I would think so. I you, throw just, you throw your quarter in there? Right? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this one you might know, the Birdcage Theater. I think I've heard of that. Yeah, Tombstone, Arizona. Mm-hmm. You know what? We get back into the studio again. We got to do another road trip. You got that car? Bring out that car and we'll go for another road trip. Oh, Oh, yes, I do still have that car. There you go. We'll go I saved next... that car. There's no way I'm getting rid of that ever. It took me a while to put it together. If you know, yeah, it's, you did a great job on it, too. <laughs> uh, so if you haven't seen it, that show is, is up on our Patreon page. And it's also, I believe it's on the YouTube page as well. So check it out. It's Ann's car. And, uh, paranormal it's a beauty. road trip. Yep, paranormal road trip. <laughs> so the, the Birdcage Theater opened its doors in 1881 and served as a theater, saloon, gambling parlor, parlor, and brothel. 
The business closed a few years later oh, and was sealed for 45 years, becoming a tourist attraction. Now the staff and visitors uh, report all manner of paranormal activity, including ghostly moans. Oh, disembodied voices and the apparition of a woman in white. Course. Several paranormal shows, of course, have investigated, including the Ghost Hunters, Ghost Adventures, and Ghost Lab. So, there you uh, go. Well, of course, they have. Right? They've already beat us to it. Yeah, whatever. You find a place they haven't been. You know what? I, I don't like going to places that have been investigated by yeah, TV I don't shows. Either. Yeah, because yeah. you, you get, you know, you get, you get an idea of, of what they found and it gets mm-hmm. in your head and you can't mm-hmm. really do a nice clean investigation. At least I don't think anyways. I agree. 100%. I'd rather do unknown places than places that have history that, Absolutely. you know, of. and it's so funny because, you know, I, I just, my mechanic of all people asked me, uh, told me about this house across the street from him that has mm-hmm. visitors and he started to go in to tell me and I said, no, He's, he yep. asked me if I want to investigate. I said, yeah, you know, if that's, yeah, I'll help out. So, uh, yeah, so uh, cool. he started going. I said, no, I don't want to know anything about it. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't. Because if you yeah. go in with, with, you know, thoughts, then you come out right. with them. You mm-hmm. know, it tends taints your thing. So mm-hmm. you got something else before I go into any of these other brothels? <laughs> oh, boy. If only you would grab the brothels, Ron. Uh, uh, yes. I just happen to be here. Uh- <laughs> So I have uh, this, let's see. Ah, I think I read these. Hold on. Um, Sorry. We talked about the lady. Talked about yeah, a lot of. Talked about the lady in the morgue who was wandering around. Yeah. It, oh, this is a good one. This is a good one. So this is a, a police officer kept receiving calls from a creepy abandoned house. And Ooh. then. There was a twist. So this person wrote, I've been in law enforcement for nearly six years, and I have had a few supernatural things occur during my shifts. The most recent one came from a 911 hang-up call. I was riding two men on a summer night, and it was probably around 2 or 3 a.m. when we got a call for a 911 hang-up. The only call comments were, a call was placed to 911, and upon answering it, the person hung up. When dispatch attempted to call the number back, no one answered. The area in which I was working this night, I have basically spent my whole career in. There aren't a whole lot of streets I had yet to respond to. However, the address this call came in from, uh, they used GPS coordinates to find the closest location since the caller hung up. I had never been to. I had driven past this road many times, but never actually received a call from it. We pull up to this old dirt road, and it has a metal chain going across the entrance with a sign that says, no trespassing. Because we have to figure out what is going on, me and my partner continue on foot up this long dirt slash gravel road. The road was maybe about 100 yards long. The crappy part was that on each side of the road was a tall chain link fence. Why this was crappy was because now me and my partner were walking down a fatal funnel. If there happened to be a guy waiting for us at the end of this road uh, with, let's just say, an assault rifle, we would have no place to take cover. Thankfully, this did not happen. 
We eventually reach the end of the road and there are two houses on each side. At first, we believe one of these houses is where the 911 call had come from. As I'm shining my flashlight at one of the houses, I see a figure move from inside. Instantly, I'm, I'm like, oh crap, people actually live back here. As I thought for sure, the houses were going to be vacant. Shortly after, a man and woman walk outside and ask what's going on. We tell them we received a 911 hang-up call from address 123 Main Street. That's a made-up address. And asked if they had called. The man tells us his address is 124 Main and the one across the street is 125 Main, which he says is vacant. He proceeds to tell us there is a 123 Main, which is basically in the middle of these tall weeds in a foresty looking area just to the north of his house. He says the house is vacant and run down and can only be reached on foot. I ask him how far away it is from his house and he says probably a couple of football fields away. Now while all this walking and investigating was going on, we had received I think two more 911 hang up calls. Same address, same result. Before we make this trek out into the middle of the woods, we called for another car and eventually Another two-man unit responded. The four of us now wandered out into the woods, two of us with our assault rifles out, and followed a barely beaten path to where we assumed we would find a house. Fighting spider webs and low-hanging tree branches, we eventually reach our destination. I'm terrible at describing things, but this house was straight out of any horror movie you want to imagine. Uh... Uh-oh, running out of time here. Uh, blah, blah, blah. It was run down. It had a tree that had fallen through the middle and had now become incorporated with the house throughout the years. The house was nearly falling apart and was completely overgrown by greenery. Having come this far, we decided to continue on, even though we were pretty sure the house would and be And what big. happens next, we'll let yep. you know after the break. You're listening yep. to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation right here on Tojanet and PowerX Radio, brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street, Methuen, Massachusetts, the Gallant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts, and our very good friends and patrons of uh, Ghost Chronicles Radio. And we'll be right back after the following messages. you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about, then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. 
The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, Mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ann. And I know you're all hanging on the edge of your seat waiting for me to finish this story. So I'm going to dive right back in. So they were going into the woods and? And the house was falling apart and overgrown. And there was a tree in the middle of it. So they thought the house would be vacant. After fighting through some thick brush, we find our entrance. We each have to climb over some fallen brick walls and other wooden stuff before we actually make entry. My biggest fear at this point is this stupid rotten house (laughs) collapsing on itself (laughs) and being trapped inside with no one being able to find us. So we searched the entire house and we thought no one is inside. And when I say we searched the entire house, I mean the entire house. Nothing was left unchecked. Feeling satisfied, we all climb our way back out. (laughs) The sky has some colorful language, let's just say. Yeah, you think? Climb our way back out of the stuff and start heading back towards where the two original houses were. As we walk back, dispatch radios us and tells us they received another 911 hang-up call coming from the same address. How can it be? Isn't it like a house falling apart? Why would there be still phone service there? Exactly. That's why it's paranormal. This time, dispatch tells us they were able to make a call back. And when the person answered, they could hear what sounded like a child playing on the phone. (laughs) The four of us looked at each other and decided we're done with this call. (laughs) We had done everything we could up to that point. And we're not about to get called back into possibly a demon's house because a child was on the phone. We cleared the call and don't receive any more 911 hang-up calls for the rest of the night. Fast forward. See, we're not done yet. Fast forward maybe six months and it's dead-ass cold winter. 911 (laughs) hang-up from the same address. This time it's me and three guys who weren't there previously. I tell them the story of what happened, and all three are super psyched and want to check it out. Of course they do. The four of us walk back out to this house, and now it's much easier to get to since the cold had killed off a lot of the greens. The three of them decide to go into the house. I wait outside as I already had my fun. They don't make it too far once they realize this house is about to collapse on itself. We all leave again. No callback from a child this time. That's the end. Oh, my God, right? How crazy. How crazy is that? Yeah, but they never solved it, huh? That's weird. Nope. This uh, uh, mysterious mysterious call from a house that doesn't even exist anymore. Oh, that's that's so cool. 
completely. That, that should be uh, a good one for uh, Cal's telephone calls from the dead. There you go. So I'll take you to another brothel if you really insist. Uh, oh, I insist. I insist. Yeah. The Red Onion Saloon in Skagway, Arkansas. Skagway. I'd love to live there. Skagway? Skag. Where do you live, honey? I live in Skagway. Skagway. Uh huh. Hmm. Hi. Yeah. This 116 year old. Uh, brothel uh, uh, that now serving as a museum and a restaurant. Hmm. A former Madden named Linda uh, reportedly haunts the establishment while uh, cold spots, disembodied voices, mysterious footsteps, and the lingering smell of perfume have plagued the former brothel. I don't know if it's a plague. I think that's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> I'd be happy. <laughs> so, how about uh, the oh, you're hotel? done already? That's the whole story. Okay. Yeah, they're kind of they're kind of shot there. That's why I, I'm running off a couple of them. Uh, I've got too many more either. So, uh, the Hotel Lincoln in Man's uh, Choice, Pennsylvania. How do they come up with these names? Man's Choice. Man's man, like a man. Yeah. Man's Choice, Pennsylvania. Man's Choice. Oh, Man's choice. that's a crazy name. It was once known as the best little whorehouse in uh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> okay. Uh, the historic and man's choice. <laughs> <laughs> so they know. Uh, the historic Lincoln Hotel, uh, Hotel Lincoln building is allegedly haunted by the woman who once piled Plied. Oh, I said piled. I was like, what the? <laughs> Plied their trade there. <laughs> legend has <coughs> has an oh, legend He's has dying. it that enraged husbands, an enraged husband killed his wife in the building uh, yeah. when she failed to charge uh, a favored uh, client for her service. Oh. Uh, oh. Yeah, no ticky, no shreddy, but evidently she did. <laughs> Now the uh, slain woman has said to appear in the reflection of a mirror on the property. Oh. Today, many women feel ill at ease on the second floor and quickly return to this first level because that's where all the rooms were. Ah. Uh, that sounds okay. like a fun place, isn't it? Oh, yeah. That's and my last one on this haunted brothels of America is Ernestine's and Hazel's. <laughs> Ernestine. Ernestine. Is she on Hee Haw or something like In that? In Memphis, Tennessee. Oh, Hee Haw. I like Hee Haw. Don't knock it. <laughs> I've been watching some of the old ones. Ernestine and Hazel is now uh, a bar and restaurant uh, renowned for its uh, delectable burger. But in the 1930s and 40s, the business used to be a booming brothel. Booming brothel. Booming brothel. Strange events at the historic establishment include the sounds of a party when no one is around, a jukebox uh, with a mind of its own. The current owner of the building claims that a group of giggling, invisible <laughs> women <laughs> penned him. Oh, wait a minute. Penned him to the bed one evening. Uh oh. Uh oh. Damn. <laughs> I'm getting the wrong kind of ghost around here. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, no. There's actually a place, I believe, oh, it's somewhere in the UK, but uh, yeah, it, uh, one of the room, the, uh, the men are actually... Uh, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I don't want to know. Yeah, pretty much. Never <laughs> anyway, mind. Never mind about that. All right, so what do you got? You got another one for me? I have. Mm. I have a few. So uh-huh. this is a police officer who was shadowed by a friendly figure, and it was all caught on camera. Really? So this person wrote, cop here. Burglary alarm reported to dispatch from a private company. A motion sensor went off in a local business. Usually the alarms don't send an alert requiring police response unless three sensors pick up movement. Usually we don't respond to these kinds of calls unless a person calls us. Sometimes we don't even respond to a 911 hang-up. Ooh, that's not good. So we go, since now two other alarms for motion get tripped. Another unit and I set up a canvas on the building. Nothing strange from the outside, doesn't appear to have any forced entry. Other units and I get permission to enter the building from the building owner. We go in through a side door on this thrift shop. We announce ourselves, no response. We clear the entire two stories of a standard thrift shop. Damn, that was my phone going off, sorry. I have, yes, I have well, a walking... it wasn't my call, I can tell you that. <laughs> I have a walking dead ringtone, so yeah, that's me. Uh, we clear the entire two stories of a standard thrift shop size, not too big. We don't find anything. Store owner meets us outside with an iPad to show us camera footage. The three alarms that get tripped show a faint gust of like wind that moves clothes on racks. We just assume it was a draft because it happened to three consecutive clothing racks. So the owner resets the alarms and we leave. 15 minutes later, the store owner calls us and wants to meet again to show us something. Clear as day, my partner and I were leaving the side door after clearing the building, is a shadow-like figure appearing to wave at us, saying goodbye. Chills hit me. I don't want to accept or deny it. We occasionally get tripped alarms, and any time we don't respond to the place, more alarms get tripped until we at least show up. If we show up, we have like a six to eight week streak without any activity. We think there's just something, just wanting police friends. (laughs) We did research and we can't find anything regarding death or dying in the building. So who knows? As long as it's friendly, it can trip whatever alarm it wants. I still won't go in without a partner. (laughs) (laughs) The ghost just wanted some company. That's all. That's all. Yep. So, I I have more. You want me to keep going? Yeah. I don't know what else we want to talk about. <laughs> well, you know, I, I I actually came across this thing about which Bonnie. Oh, which Bonnie? Which Bonnie? Which Bonnie? Yeah. Which Bonnie? The Lowell Cemetery. Mm-hmm. You were there with me. I know. Mm-hmm. I remember. We have a great picture. It's actually on the opening to our show. Here you go. That's yeah. That. So. Uh, now, I'm not going to get into it because this is a it talks about uh, the myth and the legend. But these are some of the legends about which one. You, you can go see it. Uh, Lowell Cemetery is beautiful, by the awesome way. Awesome cemetery. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a garden cemetery, as we like to say, garden cemetery. Garden. Garden. We do. Yes, yes we, we do. do. And uh, it's 
it's a you know it's got beautiful statues of uh there's a lion it's absolutely awesome there's some mm-hmm. neat crypts in here and everything else but uh anyways so uh there's a witch at Lowell Cemetery. Uh, they say that Witch Barney, Witch Barney, uh, as the legend goes, the bodice of her dress slips lower and lower every day until Halloween, mm-hmm. when it falls to her waist. Mm-hmm. Uh, her ghost runs free, liberated from her bronze granite uh, prison. Witch Barney will then roam the streets of Lowell looking for families who condemned her to death at the Salem witch trials, which is all full tacky because the cemetery yes. didn't exist until way after the witch trials. And mm-hmm. she died way after the witch trials. Yes, she did. Yeah. Uh, the witch body has all the elements of a New England ghost story. Eerie picturesque setting. The uh, Lowell cemeteries of Victorian Garden Cemetery span 85 acres of hills, ornamental trees, decorative shrubs. And That's so not forth. 85 acres. Yes, not it is, my dear. Chance. Yes, yes, it is, my dear. Nah. You never saw the whole thing. Uh, we saw most of it. Uh-huh. I, uh-huh. Would, I think 85 acres is a stretch, but whatever. Whatever probably, you say. Probably 8.5 acres. That makes sense. Yeah. Eight acres, I believe. Yeah, there's no dot there, though, but. Anyways, I, I, I kind of go along with that. Anyways, uh, the untimely death of a young woman, which Barney stands guard over the grave of Clara Barney Lilly, who died 39 years old in 1894. Uh, the creepy statue it has uh, black eyes, and which Barney's statue watches the sky above Lowell, waiting to be freed from her bronze uh, prison. And uh, somewhat uh, sex appeal, the bodice of the <laughs> statue clings precariously uh, to her chest, almost bearing her breast. Yes. So there you go. Yes. Just kind of resting right there. There it is. Right mm-hmm. on the edge. Right on the edge. There it is. I, and, and yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. So the, ahead. The, the story behind so this sculpture uh i mean it supposedly uh so they had all these mill girls who worked in all those lowell mills and the artist paid a mill girl to pose uh for the sculpture that's that's the story behind the sculpture yeah i actually have a book on the uh cemetery yeah i do too oh, i think you gave didn't you give me one I have one somewhere. Yeah. So stole, stole it on me. Maybe I maybe gave it to you. Maybe you just gave it to me. I just gave it gave it to me. I don't give yeah. anything back. I mean, I don't give anything away. <laughs> oh yes, you do. You're very generous. Come on. But yes, that uh, is not a witch. It was not a witch, and but it's a lovely story. People want but to believe. There, there is some interesting thing. It says, in researching this article, I found several accounts of batteries and electronic devices with full batteries suddenly discharging at a grave, which is true. Because uh, I, I know that when I had the, the first, uh, when I did my first show, um, a video show for uh, WNDS-TV, we, we went there, shot B footage, and that's exactly what happened. The batteries just drained on us totally. Hmm. Very interesting. 
And uh, in, in fact, the guy who uh, wrote this article, uh, he said, it happened to me when I returned, fr returned uh, from her grave on a brisk morning, the batteries to the car fob suddenly died. Hmm. Okay. Very amazing. Mm. Well, it could be. You just never know. You just never know. You know who else is buried in that cemetery? Uh, I'm sure you're going to tell me. Kiriakin? No. Who? Paul Songus. Oh, who cares? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying. He's former governor of Massachusetts. Uh, no, he wasn't. So moving right I, along. I thought he was. No. <laughs> never governor. He, he never made it so. to governor? No, he was a uh, uh, senator. Uh, yeah, senator. He was a oh, senator. senator. For, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, his wife ran for his seat. Ah, okay. Never a yes. governor. He's sorry. Uh, he's buried up on the hill in the way, way back. Kind of stumbled across that by accident. Yeah. But uh, well, I was. And uh, the cemetery across from Maureen's, uh, Jay Leno's parents are buried. Oh, boy. Jay Leno's parents. Okay. Hmm. Okay. You know who Jay Leno is, right? I know who Jay Leno is. Okay. Yes, I know so who Jay Leno that's is. That's somebody famous, by the way. Uh, <laughs> his parents aren't famous. Oh. Okay. Right? I guess. <laughs> wow. Well, they're not. Whatever. Yeah, they fathered him. So they, they are, fathered him so, that, so now that put them on the map? Yeah, of course it does. All right. All right. Hmm. Okay. So I have wow. a story about a news reporter who died, but his ghost kept showing up at crime scenes. Oh, one more before I go. There's, uh, ah, okay. Yeah, uh, this has got to do with the statue. If, if you look uh, at the statue, and, and you can find all kinds of interesting stuff people leave there, including money, cigarette yeah, butts, tokes, uh, condoms, nice. uh, all kinds of little right. interesting things. So That's interesting. Moving right along. Let's just leave all your disgusting little tidbits at the uh, grave, somebody's is, grave. I love that. It's exciting. Yeah. It's terrible. So, all right. So this person writes, my uncle was the sheriff of a small town in New Mexico. He was the most hardcore person in our family, super straight-laced, never really BSed, and wasn't at all a joker. So when he told us this story, backed up by my aunt, we all believed it without question. Mm -hmm. A local reporter named Bob D. would always show up at any major police activity from the police scanner. Big car wrecks, fires... Anything worth maybe reporting in the local paper. Everybody on the force knew Bob D. He was around at least once or twice a week at various police activities. Bob was a bit of a joker himself. He would mess with people by flicking behind their ears. That's kind oh, of I hate that. That's yeah. So I would be so annoyed if someone did that to Smack me. No offense. Yep. <laughs> people would react to the flicks. <laughs> yeah, with a smack in the face. Uh, thinking it was a bug, only to turn around and see it was Bob messing around. Everybody liked Bob. Unfortunately, Bob had bad, bad lung cancer and died pretty suddenly. I thought you were going to say bad breath. <laughs> <laughs> his wife buried him against his wishes. He wanted to be cremated. For the next couple of weeks after his funeral, people kept talking about seeing Bob. 
at Carex, Fires, all the same stuff he used to report on. There were 20 to 30 reports like this from civilians and members of the force. My uncle didn't buy it. Until the night he and my aunt showed up at our house, gun drawn, pale as paper. We asked him what the hell happened, and he had to sit down, take his breath, compose himself, and start to outline what happened. Note, this is a guy I never saw get rattled by anything. He said he was sitting on the couch in their house watching TV. My uncle kept scratching at his ear over and over. Finally, my aunt asked him what the problem was, and he turned around just in time to see their bedroom door open. Bob D. is standing there in the doorway, clear as day. My uncle jumped up, cussed or something, got my aunt's attention, who turned to see him there too. As soon as they both made eye contact with him, Bob smiled, turned, walked across the living room and out their front door, closed the door behind himself, and was gone. My uncle got control of himself and ran outside, drew his gun, looking for Bob. Why would you do that? But he was gone. At that point, they ran over to our place. We went over there and didn't see anything, but my aunt and uncle stayed at our place that night. At work the next day, all the guys on the force were giving my uncle lots of, we told you so. People around town said they saw Bob D. show up at police scenes for at least another two to three months. My dad saw him in our dark room in our basement with a friend. He was flicking their ears in the dark. Oh, my gosh. This guy is annoying even after oh, death. Oh, God. That's terrible. Yeah. During the third month, people that saw him kept saying he was looking Worse and worse. My uncle saw him two more times, each time confirming he was looking more and more worn. My dad had concluded that he was decomposing and his ghost was reflecting that process. Every time my ear itches, I get goosebumps. <laughs> that's creepy. I think that's the creepiest one yet. Imagine he's in the dark room. And he sees Bob D. <laughs> oh, no. Just no. Stop. Leave my ear alone. Oh, that's awful. It was funny because uh, just last night before the, the seance, I was at the office at uh, VZ and I was talking to Vanessa and uh, I went to leave the office and I saw a guy sitting on the uh, bench right behind me or the chair behind me. And it's like I double double look and uh he was gone really like, but i saw him clear as days because i stopped and gave the old double look so wow yeah interesting stuff but uh mm. you, you know you you said uh about who was buried at uh a little cemetery mm-hmm. including uh senator paul songus hey. you've got uh henry livermore abbott he was uh the Brigadier General in the Union Army and during the Civil War as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have uh, Charles Herbert Allen, a congressman and the first Puerto Rico governor of Puerto Rico. Yeah. Uh, Frederick Ayer, an industrialist and a, and a uh, co-founder of the American Woolen Company. And I actually have uh, some mementos from the American Wood, Wooden Valley. I got some of the spools from there. Wow. Uh, he is the one. That's the lion. That's, yeah. his, that's his memorial. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Cook, Cook Air patented uh, uh, medicine tycoon. He's, he uh, patented different medicine. Uh, Benjamin Deem is congressman. Uh, James B. Francis, a civil engineer uh, and the proprietor of the locks and uh, canals. He, in other words, he designed all the, the locks and canals in Lowell. Oh, uh, cool. Frederick Greenhalge is congressman and governor of Massachusetts. Chauncey Langdon Knapp, another congressman. John Locke, another congressman. Uh, John Jacobs Rogers, another congressman. Edith North Rogers, another congressman. Uh, Austin Thomas, inventor of Moxie. Damn, Moxie. we should have worked in that grave. Damn. Oh, I never knew that. So that's that's interesting. I'm going to have to check that grave out. Yeah, you can find the guy who did the Moxie. You definitely have to. My mother used to drink that stuff. Did you ever yeah. drink that? No. It's horrid. It tastes like medicine. I've heard nothing but bad things about Moxie. I'm sorry. But the people that drink it are like fanatics about it. My mom, yeah. mom and dad, they did mix it with milk. Oh. 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 But anyway. Why? Yeah, that's Probably. definitely a, a New England thing. Boxy. And Tappan Wentworth, the congressman, and Robert Layton, owner of Not Cross and Layton. So there you go. Well, apparently Lowell Cemetery was the place to be buried. buried. Uh, yep. If you're a congressman... Oh, pizza from the dead. Can't be. So soon. Can't be? Can it be? It can be. Wow. As long as it's not Bob D going to flick my ears when I give him my, get my pizza. It's going to happen tonight. You'll be sleeping in bed and Oh, God, stop it. Don't even tell me that. Don't. (laughs) Really, how could you... Just continue to be so annoying, equally as annoying in death as you were in life. I, I suppose, I suppose it makes sense. Can you imagine what I would be like? Oh God, no! You better mm-hmm. pray for immortality. No, no <laughs> kidding. <laughs> well, anyway, so uh, we want to thank everyone listening. We're not sure what happened to Don, and uh, we hope he's all right. But uh, anyways, uh, yeah, we'll have him on some other time. Anyway. Um, Anything else you want to add there, kid, now that you're going to be gone for two weeks? Ah, I'm going to miss you all, and uh, I will catch up with you when I get back with Happy Wedding Tales. Happy Wedding Tales. Wedding Ghost. Maybe that's what we'll do the next one on. I know Wedding Ghost. Who knows? I hope Wedding Ghost. I like that one. (laughs) Had had experiences with him, too, so there you go. Uh Okay. All well, right, so we do- we are, he is getting married in an old warehouse on the waterfront, so you just is never. Is really? Yes. You could have you could have some stories then. Yeah, good. I'll ask. I'll inquire. Mm. All <laughs> right, so uh, we want to thank everybody for uh, listening, and uh, that's it, I guess. So uh, <laughs> today's show is brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, three eighty six Merrimack Street. In Methuen, Massachusetts, the Glant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts. Our good friends on Patreon. And uh, you are listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation on Tojanet and Pararex Radio. We'll be right back. No, we won't. No. Well, next week. We're leaving. Yep. Good, good night, night everybody.
from goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good 